The Blockbusters Podcast is a proud member of the Pod Bros Network, where you can find us as well as other excellent podcasts such as Sarcasm City, Worst Millennials, and Late Night Gamers at podbros.com. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of the Blockbusters Podcast. Tonight's story is somewhat unique and calls for a different kind of introduction. Today we are canceling the apocalypse! Wait a minute, wait a minute, you ain't heard nothing yet. And uh, this is? Lilu Dallas Multipass. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Houston, we have a problem. Have you tried turning it off and on again? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here, this is the war room. Now, where was I? Welcome to episode 107 of Blockbusters. I'm Paul, and Brian is still not here, sadly, but uh, do not worry. I have found someone from somewhere to fill his spot for this episode. Uh, This guy is someone that I met a little while ago. Uh, He began working at the same place I was. And round about day two, we realized that we were very, very, very similar people. And we have been (laughs) meeting up outside of work quite frequently since then. Uh, His name is Pat, and here he is for you now. Hey, everybody. Uh, Yes, like Paul says, uh, I've uh, I've met Paul one day, and I'm like, hey, here's this British dude. (laughs) (laughs) He stood out to me, but uh, somehow... What was it we bonded over? We bonded over our tattoos or something, and then it led into anime, and I'm like, oh, great, yeah. we actually we get each other. <laughs> and so now it's led to a pretty cool friendship for, like, the past, would you say, five years now? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so it's weird that I move all the way out, halfway across the state, and I still come to visit you guys. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and uh, we start talking about what we start talking about, and my wife just kind of gets this glazed look on her face. and uh... She gets the glazed look of, I gotta leave, they're out nerding me, I can't take this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, I, you are definitely one of the few people that I can properly nerd out with, so I figured that a good way of doing that would be to have you on to talk about Infinity War. So well, I appreciate that. I love. I've been a huge Marvel fanboy, so I'm excited to talk about this with you and especially your audience. So, yeah. All right. So just to get nuts and bolts out of the way, really quick. Obviously, you can follow Blokebusters on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Vero. Just search Blokebusters. You can email us at theblokes at blokebusters.com. You can go to blokebusters.com and check out our little website there. It's kind of nice. And we're also on podrose.com. You can find us as well as a whole bunch of other great shows in our network. And yes, so getting right into it now. Infinity War, directed by Anthony and Joe Russo. The Mm -hmm. budget of somewhere in the vicinity of $400 million dollars. And that's just, because, just a bit of money, just a little money here. Just a little bit, yes. Uh, <laughs> the, I don't believe they've officially given out exactly what the budget was, but uh, it doesn't surprise me that it's around there, and that obviously not including any promotional material, but a box office of $635,298,932. Oh, wait, no, sorry, that's just domestically. Worldwide, this thing has made in 36 days $1,922,188,214 US dollars. And 
That's insane. <laughs> That's oh, just to think like such a weird movie franchise would gross that much money. It's yeah. <laughs> uh, to think like uh, not to reminisce, but like just to think back to like this all started with a simple Iron Man movie. That's like I remember a bunch of my friends back in the day. Like, this will never catch on, and look at this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Gosh. So this really did just start with Robert Downey Jr. making a comeback as Tony Stark, and it just ballooned from there. And I know people will say, well, they made Hulk and then The Incredible Hulk, so you could see those are technically (laughs) Marvel films. And again, technically, The Incredible Hulk is canon within the MCU, just because they have referenced it from time to time. But realistically, well, just, because a, just because a movie is a Marvel movie doesn't make it a good movie. Heck no. The, uh, yeah. was X Men Apocalypse is a Marvel movie, and yet that's a that's a that's a dumpster fire for another time. <laughs> yes, I, I suppose Marvel is technically connected to that. Although I think they've effectively just kind of chopped that off to one side at this point. Oh yeah. <laughs> So yes, enough, enough of uh, such old thing. Let us uh, try and focus on the <laughs> Avengers Infinity War. So I think a good place to start, as uh, Brian liked to start doing, is talking about how we felt before we sat down in the cinema to see this. So, oh. what, what were you thinking as you were walking in to see it? Uh, if I'm being honest, I had so much fear. I I was just like this movie has so much staked in it, you know. This is a, tr- a tr- bunch of movie deal where it took so much to build up to it. It's like if this doesn't live up to the hype, this will. I could imagine this killing it. I really thought it would kill the franchise if the movie didn't deliver. And uh, so like I'm just sitting there like I I have a bunch of faith in this, but I also know like if this flops, this, this could be really bad. <laughs> I, I had a lot of fear in it, but I was over, I was also I had a lot of trust because they built it up and he's like, You got the Russo brothers, you got all these actors like, All right, I'm trepidatious, but I'm sitting here, I'm gonna be excited. <laughs> so yes, um fair enough. I I remember and you know, I'd say this is like, oh, many years ago. No, this was a month ago. Uh, <laughs> I, I remember this film came out and I was like, Okay, I'm not gonna get to see it opening weekend. I'm going to get to see it the following weekend. I planned, I, I had the time on the Saturday. I'm going to go see it. That's fine. And you went to see it opening day. <laughs> yes. And I knew you were going to go see it opening day. And I talked to you a little bit about it. And I said, all I want to know is, is it worth the wait? And uh, you said something else. And I said, don't, I, I don't care anything. I don't want to hear anything. Is it worth the wait? And what was it, 10, 30 rolls by and my phone goes off and it's just a thumbs up. Well, you told and... me to say, like, don't give me any hints, don't give me... just thumbs yeah. up, thumbs yeah. down. Thumbs All right, up. I'll keep it as super unspoily as possible. <laughs> and so, yeah, I got the thumbs up from you and I turned <laughs> to my wife and just said, I need to see this film. Like, it's, it's, it's not not even just like, oh, like it's going to be great. It's like, I'm not going to be able to be online I'm not going to be able to have conversations with people. And just, I cannot not see this film because it will get spoiled for me. And so I was like, okay, I 
enjoyed pretty much all of the films leading up to this and I knew kind of a rough idea of some of the stuff they might be touching on and I was like okay I managed to book a half day off work because I had a fair amount of extra time off work and I found a cinema that ended up only having about eight people in it when I saw it and so I was like okay I've I've got my ticket I went and I sat down just like okay one person that I know that I trust quite well gave me the thumbs up. Uh, a couple of other people have said that they thought it was worth it. And as I, I basically scrolled as fast as humanly possible through Facebook whenever I had to get on Facebook <laughs> so that I wouldn't see anything from anyone. And yes, uh, uh, for those of you that are trying to keep track at home, this episode that we're recording now is being recorded about a week and a half or so before it comes out so anything we talk about now the it's out of the second of june is when we're recording this so uh, anything, <laughs> anything that might come out in the next week or two we don't know about today again well, that <laughs> just means we're time travelers then <laughs> exactly yes <laughs> hello from the past yes uh, so. hello from the world of tomorrow <laughs> Oh, uh, sorry. Uh, surely it's the world of yesterday. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> oh. All right. So, yes. So that that was me sitting down to watch this. And the only question now is where do we start with this? Because there's a lot in this and we don't want to take up three hours of everyone's time. So. We want to uh, do like a movie breakdown analysis. Like, oh, the, it's just such a... For a movie as like uh, when you really like try to piece it out, it's a movie that's so scatter plotted but somehow well paced and how yeah. it went from one thing to the next to the next. Like before you got really bored with one section of the movie, it's just like, all right, and we're going way over here. And you're like, okay, okay, I'm following, I'm following. <laughs> yeah, I I I found it so interesting that the first time I I was watching it, I was just sitting there and I was like, okay. I wasn't focusing on the time at all. And then it was like, oh, they're wrapping up. Like, when did that happen? Uh, I know. <laughs> and yeah, th this film is two hours and 29 minutes long. It doesn't it, feel like it. It does not, not feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it was so weird to, to feel that. To, to It's something that I haven't had happen very often in that everything just kind of kind of goes away and you are just sucked into the film and i i must say i feel that marvel did a fantastic job of building this up and evolving over the 10 years and it kind of all led to this so yeah i i think one of the Can things we see I... how smart they were with this movie how they just kept tricking us <laughs> Yeah, that they. Uh, oh, sorry, <laughs> no, it's fine. They, they they really did do this so well. I was just gonna say, I think something we need to talk about with this film first and foremost is just the writing mm. of this film. There is so much comedy and depth and character development. Just like the characters that still hadn't met with each other, somehow like it just felt right. Yeah, and. Uh, <sighs> And like so, Thor me and the Guardians, like that that scene should have gone so much worse, but they just nailed it. Come here, yes. Roberts. 
Yeah, I, oh. I, I was going to say one of the one of the things that really got me the second time I saw this, and yeah, this is as far as I can remember the only film I've ever seen twice in the cinema. So uh, I, I'm kind of glad this is the one that has that. But yeah, the fact that Thor calls Rocket Rabbit about four times, <laughs> and Rocket never corrects him. No, like. That, like, Rocket would correct everybody, or at least snap at them, and he just doesn't do it. But I think they'd establish that with the, when he comes on the scene and immediately disses Quill, he's like, I'm okay with this man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this man is my friend. <laughs> yeah, that, and I I don't know if it's uh, like just the brilliance of Chris Pratt, or if they wrote it this way, but just Peter Quill imitating Thor's voice <laughs> was I think one of just the biggest laughs in the cinema when I was there both times just and I, I also turned to my wife when he started doing it and my wife who hates Chris Pratt was smiling at that point yeah she really doesn't like Chris Pratt How I think you hate Chris Pratt he's so fantastic well no I know but I, I think it's um it's just one of those things that he kind of has that slight smugness to him a little bit. And I think that's what she doesn't like. So, uh. Well, how does she say that about him but not Robert Kennedy Jr.? He's got that same smugness. He does, but he's kind of earned it. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so like, I, I looked over at her as he starts doing that, and there's just this giant smile on her face. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> We got yes. her. We, we've got yes. her. <laughs> Another convert. <laughs> yes. One of us. One of us. <laughs> but yeah, I think um, yeah, just what they were able to do with this script. And uh, I think the biggest thing that they did with this script, let the, and for those of you that are unaware this is a spoiler cast so we will be talking about the end of this film so if you haven't had the chance to see it yet i'm so sorry but we are going to be sorry not sorry but here we go <laughs> yes pretty much <laughs> uh, but yeah i think the biggest thing that they did aside from the ending with the writing of this is they made thanos human as it were like uh, it's the humanity in quotation marks of Thanos that you actually kind of care for him mm-hmm. by round about the halfway point of the film <laughs> and it's astounding that they were able to do that because Thanos has been just in the background as this big bad that's been coming and he just wants to wipe out half the universe and then with mm-hmm. this film you got to see why and what made him this way and you do kind of sympathize with him and he does sort of have a bit of a point kind of well he's he's the he's what i like to refer to as he's a likable villain something that we've lagged in the movie series for a long time like a move a villain that you can get behind like you're just as interested and invested in his story and where it's going as much as the character story because a lot of the villains have been like so throwaway here he's like i don't care if you disagree with me I'm going to do this. I'm not here to win you over. I'll tell you my story, but if you disagree with me, I don't care. I'm doing this because I know this is right. And you're like, dang it. 
That's a good motivation because you're not. We're not trying to save this guy. We're not. He's on his own mission. He's like, you guys are the villains, not me. Yeah, it really is an interesting thing that they did because, and you know, obviously, spoiler territory now. When <laughs> he goes to get the soul stone, and he realizes what he has to do to get the soul stone is to kill his adopted daughter. And you realize that he genuinely does love her, but that's still, not enough was, to stop him. No, that's that scene still it threw me for such a loop because, like, not more than a few scenes earlier, you saw what he would do to his one daughter, like the immense, insane torture he would put. Um, I'm trying to remember her Nebula. name. Nebula. Nebula. Just that scene right there is like that. I remember that shocking the crap out of me, thinking, "Man, this guy's a monster." And then he goes from this scene to where like. The heart-wrenching felt like as he's crying, you're like, wow, this is a very unique and complex character, like, where he can do these things that tear him to bits, yet he says, this is for the greater good. Yeah, this this is a well-developed character, which is so, so different from the comics. (laughs) Holy moly, he's so different. Uh, yeah, well, um, I, I'll say my one bit, and then I want to get into that. Then. Sure, sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, I was going to say that that bit where he starts just realizing what he has to do and knowing that he will do it no matter how much it kills him oh, is yeah. is the part of the film where Thanos, the CG big bad, goes away, and you're just seeing Thanos. Like, there's nothing you're else. You're just there. seeing He's, a man. You just yeah. see a man. You're seeing a, f- a father killing his daughter because it's the only way. And that's just... it. It's astounding that even in this day, you have CG that you know, is good, but it, we haven't quite hit Uncanny Valley yet. We're, we're, we're very close, especially if you have a lot of time to render it, but we're not quite there yet. And yet... The... Well, with the amount of money we spent on this movie, we hope we got to that point. <laughs> yes, no, yeah, yeah. I, I will say that this. I don't think I've seen any part of this film that was like, oh, that bad CG. There was somewhere it was obvious CG, but only because it had like there was no way it wasn't CG. But aside from that, but yeah, this this being the point where he stopped being just the villain that was created and on screen, and he was just there. You were watching just another live action rather than CG. And that that now, is something that I was genuinely blown away by. <laughs> no, here's a crazier thought. is like when you really think about this movie, would you say that at least a good third of it is just Thanos? Like he takes up a good chunk of this movie for his character development. Yeah, he, he really does. And uh, again, I don't think that this film would have been quite as uh, like all-encompassing as it is if they hadn't done that. And I I think that it was a really, really good idea because, yeah, you have the big bad that is always going to come and you've always got to fight them. Mm-hmm. But in this case, you actually got to see why they're like that and really delve into, oh, so this is how we got here. This is mm-hmm. how everything came to to be and going in I didn't think you would get as much of Thanos' backstory as you did and going out I was really 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 glad that we did get that much yeah Yeah, I was kind of surprised by that and 
Speaking of backstory and all that, so mm-hmm. yes, you being someone that has read <laughs> the majority, if not all, of these comics that... Uh, I've just uh, read a fair few here and there. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, d- disregard the several bookcases you have off to the side. With, uh, <laughs> you know, I substantially decreased like two-thirds of that collection, but now I have over... I think my last total was uh, 3,000 comics on my iPad. <laughs> Oh, there you go. So, yes, you've, oh, basically, you've got rid of the physical media, but <laughs> you've just gained it in digitals. It's a minor uh, obsession, you know, just a minor one. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like you were saying, the comics were just a little different. This is not even the same Thanos. <laughs> and I'm okay with it. Because, like, uh, in the comic community I was in, um, so for those who are not uh, initiated into what is the the, the comic adaptation of Thanos, Thanos in the comics is, uh, he is, and Paul, you're going to love this, because Paul rarely ever hears me cuss, but he is the biggest motherfucker on the planet. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) He is the type of dude, when he comes on the scene, you're like, all stuff's about to go down. Like when he shows up, no one can beat him. One of my favorite moments was uh, Thanos invades the planet after the Avengers are in space. He waits specifically till all the Avengers are gone. And he's like, "All right, I'm going to go to planet Earth. I've never been able to conquer it, and all the heroes are gone." And he shows up and just starts wrecking it. Every single hero that's still on the planet is just getting demolished. And he's like, "Show me a real challenge." And then Thor, as he's making his way back, comes back and throws his hammer at Thanos and knocks it to the ground. He says, Pittance, now lay down before me and just smashes that Thor's head into the ground. And you're just like, oh, <laughs> he's so strong. Yeah. But like I was saying, in the comics, he's he's a way stupider character, though. Uh, if I had to say this, because his whole motivation in the comics is that he is obsessed with with the embodiment of death it's an actual character that he's in love with and so he murders indiscriminately so he can win her affections yeah and, i remember uh, hearing about that and i am perfectly okay with because i know a few of my conference like it wasn't the in the like in the comics like would you imagine thanos going around trying to chase an embodiment of death which is a giant female skeleton i'm not sure this would mesh well with audiences no, it's, and especially <laughs> since I do know that in the comic lore, technically that version of death is kind of in a relationship, sort of, with Deadpool. Oh, uh, that's... Actually, the best part is the reason Deadpool is immortal in comics is because Thanos kept getting annoyed that uh, death kept going to Deadpool, so he actually found a way to make him immortal, so that even if he did die, he would just come right back to life. <laughs> it's a great comic if you ever can track it down. It's just this huge comic. It's like, I will win death's affection. And Thanos is like, no, you won't, because she's mine. <laughs> so I'm going to live forever. And he's like, aw. <laughs> yeah, and it, well, that's the... That's the interesting thing, because I believe in the comics as well as in the film, he's known as the Mad Titan, and it's quite clear that he's known as that for two very different reasons. Well, in the comics, the reason he's known as the Mad Titan, and uh, it's a it's a great little uh, comic if you ever want to read it. It's by Jason Aaron, and it goes through his origin story, because not, there's not many origin stories about Thanos. All we know is that he's actually... 
this is the crazy part. He's a mutant on his world planet. Hmm. He's a he's a mutant that uh, transformed called, from a beings called the Eternals, which are like these super powerful beings. But because he was purple and everyone else looks like humans, his mother tried to kill him as soon as he was born. Oh. And uh, he he has the most tragic story of a young man because as a young person, he was ostracized because he looked so weird. But he eventually won people over because he was so stupid smart. And then um, what ended up happening is he met death, but she was hiding herself amongst him, like with him, saying, you don't belong with these people. These people aren't you. And she leads him to like killing a bunch of kids until where he starts abducting people to increase his knowledge by like dissecting them alive to the point where his mother who tried to kill him, he eventually kidnaps her and then just starts dissecting her. It's like, jeez, this guy is gone. <laughs> and the crew de craw for his story was – Eventually, he just becomes a hobo in the space, going planet to planet, impregnating a bunch of women, which is really kind of funny when you think of it. It's like, man, uh, deadbeat Thanos. <laughs> He's got like 200 kids all across the span of the of space, and then one day decides because death told him to, he just goes and hunts down every single one of his kids and kills them, including the mom, to make sure he has no spawn, <laughs> all to hmm. win the heart of death. <laughs> That's interesting. That almost the story that they went with then in Guns of the Galaxy Volume Two, just with a slightly different reason behind it. No, I I really think like in the first movie, I think originally they were gonna try to go with that idea of death because when you see at the end of the tra- of the, the the end of the movie and there that guy's talking to Thanos like to uh, to fight the Avengers is to court death, and you see Thanos smiling. I think originally uh, Whedon was hoping to kind of put that in there and see where it went from there <laughs> yes but obviously disney had other ideas because uh yeah there's uh, some stuff in comics that i'm glad that the marvel movies like we'll loosely do this but we're not gonna go head dive in and i'm okay with it as a comic fan because i could go you know what if it gets more people excited about this stuff i'm okay if as long as you stay true to the character and to be honest like this thanos even though it's not true to the comic I much like him better because he's relatable. I get yeah. it, and I don't want him to win. But like at the same time, it's like he he makes for a very very compelling villain. Yes, he does, and uh, I I do fully understand that things are going to be different. For instance, there is no way in hell that what happens to uh, Nebula in the comics would have been shown on screen because they didn't want people fleeing. In terror. <laughs> well, with just the fact that Thanos made her half dead, half unalive in the Infinity Gauntlet story, which she looked horrifying. I think they kind of paid homage to that in that whole torture scene. Where yes. like, well, look, that scene wrecked me to the core, man. Just seeing her parts being like ripped from her body. Ah, oh, that was still, but it was still such a well done scene, though. Yeah. That you were you were drawn into it. Like the stakes were real at that point. Like. You know, this movie has a ton of stakes in it. By the end of it, it's well established. But I was like, well, there's not really any stakes yet so far. And then you get to that scene where he's just ripping her in pieces. I'm like, oh, this is real. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, in that case, I I think uh, talking about that, I think we should probably start saying what some of our favorite bits in the film was. And I know we're kind of jumping about here, but... uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of difficult to talk about this film without just sort of gushing over the ending. So we'll oh. get to that in a little bit. But, yes. uh, but yeah, so uh, what 
what are some of your favorite bits from the film? I loved any time Thor was at the Guardians. Like that whole eyeball scene, I was <laughs> laughing my head off. <laughs> Where'd you get this eyeball? Oh, don't ask. Don't worry about that. You better. You should have watched that before you put that in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, well, it was the Pulp Fiction thing. Was it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, I, the only way I could get it out was to shove it on my own. Oh, look, we're here. <laughs> <laughs> no, those those scenes were phenomenal. Um, but uh, yeah. I particularly enjoyed uh, Doctor Strange and Iron Man's interactions in the movie. It's just that whole bit of save the wizard. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Uh, come on, you're embarrassing me in front of the wizard. Scott. <laughs> yeah, and I. I, I, I I really had no idea how those two were going to mix on screen with like, you got two doctors, but one's the doctor of science and the doctor of, of magic. Like how those person is going to mix. And again, the Russo brothers nailed it. <laughs> yep, they did. And they also didn't go for the lowest hanging fruit that literally everybody wanted to see happen, which is somebody at some point when both Iron Man and Dr. Strange were on screen was to say the words, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> I'm I'm a little sad that there wasn't like a wink and a nod to Sherlock though. Like I I was kind of hoping this is the inner me because I think you're as much a Sherlock fan as I am. I kind of wanted Dimitri Martin to just kind of show up, and they both look at each other, and go, "I feel like I know you" or something. Like that. Yes, like uh, or or somehow maybe in the next film it'll be Martin Freeman and Jude Law will meet up or something. I know Jude Law is somehow connected to the MCU now. I just don't remember how. Is he in the movies now? Or is he... He hasn't been in it yet, but I think he signed on for something. I'll need to double check that, but... uh, Which uh, actor hasn't signed on at this point? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I think uh, one of my favorite bits in the film uh, is just the opening with... And the two, the two big things are obviously, Hulk gets oh. thoroughly beaten by Thanos. What and... a great way to open the movie! Oh, yes. that was an awesome <laughs> scene, because that did immediately raise the stakes. You're like, oh, I'm going into this movie. Oh, you know they're going to suffer a good news. Like, no, let's just watch this. Everyone's dead. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's so, so well done because I'm. I know again, like I know bits and pieces from the comics and stuff, just doing basic research and absorbing knowledge and stuff. And I know that in the comics, Thanos is stronger than Hulk, but he actively avoids fighting him. Thanos will take every measure possible to try to like get either to confuse uh, uh, Hulk or just to make him uh, beat him as quickly as possible because he knows he can never win a drawn out fight with him. Yeah, it's, it's like Thanos has the capability to beat Hulk, but mm-hmm. Hulk is just effectively just pure energy when he gets going. So yeah, I think uh, I think in the the long run, almost nothing can permanently beat Hulk. <laughs> and so, yeah. uh, but what but, a great way to set up the stake with Thanos! Like how like you're going well, how strong is Thanos? And, and like it's about this strong. Seconds, <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay, I'll be quiet now. Yeah, and obviously the question is, if he didn't have the Power Stone in his possession at the time, would he have beaten Hulk? And I feel like he would have been more of an even match at that point, just based on uh, Thanos in general. But uh, 
yeah, it was it was so cool to see that. And then one of my favorite bits from the film is one of the bits that I didn't think would happen, and I was shocked they went there. But I'm I'm very interested to see how it plays out. Is Loki mm. and Thanos just snapping his neck, and it was something that I was like, I don't know if I do buy that he's dead and even Thor says like you know well he'd been dead before but I think it's true this time it's like that's kind of what everyone that's watching this film is thinking it's like yeah what did he do to get out of this and I think as of the end of Infinity War that Loki is dead I, I don't think he got out of it but I do have a bit of a an idea as to what they might end up doing for the next one which will kind of undo it so i'm yeah. i'm intrigued and we'll get to that <laughs> yes yes we'll definitely get to that um no but, but uh, if you don't mind me tangenting off of thor like you brought up thor what I, this is probably the most character development i've seen out of the guy because of the death of loki when him and rocket like we're talking about our favorite scenes like when him and rocket are just sitting there like rocket tries to go and like give him a pep talk and thor's just basically like, you know asgard's dead my whole every person i know is dead my brother is dead and just like so stoically sitting there. You're like, wow. Like you totally forget how much Thor has been through because he's always kept such a, like a solid face of sternness. Right. And like, this is the most human I've ever seen him. Yeah. And just that little bit where he just lists everything that's gone wrong. He's just like, I know. Yeah, but I'm good. I'm good. Like I got this. Let's go. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. rabbit. <laughs> Yeah, and Chris Hemsworth, uh, like, I think Chris Hemsworth has had one of the most thankless jobs out of the lot, because obviously a big part about his fan base is because, uh, you know, the dude's kind of pretty looking, you know, if you're into that sort of thing. But um, He's a pretty boy, pretty boy. Yes, yeah, yeah, pretty boy. <laughs> um, how the hell did I link that <laughs> Um, but yes he has done so much with this character and he's I I think Thor's had one of the biggest growth over the number of times he's shown up yeah and uh, it's it's been it's been really cool to see and uh, now kind of biggest surprise in this film I would say is um, Red Skull's back oh dude (laughs) Paul, you're going to love this again. I, I remember, uh, much like how the scene with uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy when Howard the Duck showed up, I remember like standing up going, ha, I get it. I remember <laughs> in the movie theater, I immediately sat out of my chair. And keep in mind, these are those chairs that like have the recliners. And I hopped out and I was like, no way. <laughs> Everyone around me is like, what's wrong with him? Like, you don't. You guys have seen Captain America. You guys gotta know. <laughs> I was so blown away by that. I was like, I never thought they were gonna bring him back. I really didn't. And then here he was. He's just like, what a great way to bring him back in. Because like we could never touch him again and be fine. But if we want to bring him back, we can. Like, mm, comic yeah. nerdum. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you think about it now, uh, as of the end of Infinity War, he is back. He's no longer stuck being the guardian of the Soul Stone, and he is technically alive. So he's technically alive, but he's just kind of stuck there now. Like it's not like he got a ship off the planet. 
No, but uh, realistically, everyone else just seemed to magically find spaceships lying around, so I'm sure he yeah, can yeah. find one somewhere on that planet. A.K.A. plot convenience, you know. <laughs> yes, yes, pretty much. Uh, yeah, it's, all, it's always interesting, just the amount that you're willing to just kind of run with it, with some of these things. But you got to admit, with this movie, they didn't really, like, screw around with that whole idea of, like, plot convenience. Like, they were really quick to, like, much like how, like, Civil War was. Like, they didn't leave too many hanging threads outside of this is a cliffhanger movie. Yeah. No, they uh, they did very well at wrapping a lot of stuff up. And one thing that I was going to mention is actually right at the end, and it's something that James Gunn has come out and said that I think is possibly one of the saddest things in the film. Now, obviously, there's one sad thing in the film that is probably that gets the biggest reaction out of everyone, and uh, we may as well go there now. So at the end of the film... Thanos is successful in his mission and he gets all the stones and... Uh, you should have gone from my head. Yeah. I, mean, that's, <laughs> it's just, I, I know we're jumping around and uh, trying not to take up too much of everyone's time. We, we really could talk about this for ages. But uh, yeah, the, just the fact that they did the snap and they, they just fully lent into it and uh, Thanos manages to get that off. And then everyone starts disappearing, and which it wasn't immediate. I think that's. I think like the snap. I I loved it for for a comic book guy. I knew immediately what happened, but I loved watching my audience that I was in because everyone's like, he snapped his finger and then disappeared. What's the big deal? And then when one person <laughs> starts disappearing, and then and I loved watching the audience reaction. Like, oh no! <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah. That's why it's a big deal he snapped. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is what we were trying to avoid, people. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it, it was uh, It was so well done. And um, uh, we'll get into random theories in a minute. But uh, <laughs> uh, like, like we tangented enough as it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so, so Thanos does the snap and people start disappearing. And people do start disappearing at different rates as well. And... The, one of the last people that we see go is Spider-Man. And mm. that was something that I think probably got the biggest reaction in the cinema I was in. And I say biggest reaction because really in both cinemas, when I saw it, I saw it one by myself and one for Jamie in a slightly more populated cinema. And in both cinemas, it was pretty much dead silent from when the snap happened to the credits watch as every child in the room goes oh no <laughs> yeah just it, it, every single kid that doesn't fully understand what the next film might do like, it's just like every <laughs> single one of the people i love is disappearing <laughs> like, my child is over <laughs> pretty much uh, but yeah the the spider-man death scene like i could hear the people sort of nearby just kind of attempting to not react when that happened and it was uh yeah. really interesting that this guy yeah. who's only been around just a little bit was able to get that kind of a reaction uh yeah i i think that uh, uh i still was... think the i still think the more moving scene was watching robert downey jr like this to him and chris pratt like the two guys who were just like kind of like 
antagonistic toward each other. And you look over at him and he goes, it's okay. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. And then like, you start to realize like, Oh no, it's him. Yeah. I remember oh, that scene. Like as much as like the Peter Parker scene messed me up, that scene messed me up more just because watching these two guys, like even they may have hated each other. Like just to watch someone die in front of you, like, Hey, it's okay. It's okay. You're going to be fine. And then as he's disappearing, like, Oh, yeah, oh man, just, yeah, that was that was so well done. <laughs> but I, sorry to go back on Peter Park. Did uh, did it, did you meet anyone who had a problem with his death scene just for the fact that it was so much longer than everybody else's? Um, I don't think anyone has said that, and I've I've heard the generally accepted theory as to why his was longer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I assume you've heard it too, but the, the general theory is that he was able to feel it coming because of his spider sense and his body yep. was actively fighting it. So that's why it took him longer to go once it started. So, Which I think is a good ex- explanation. Like everyone's like, oh, it's just forever. Like when you really think about it, it's like, oh, spider sense. It's an established norm. We all know that. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's able to tell if something's coming and his body is very good at fighting it. The only... Like the biggest question really is uh, assuming that uh, the MTU has fully absorbed Deadpool at this point. <laughs> like, is Deadpool uh, still fighting it himself? It. Yeah. <laughs> Comcast like, I'm going to keep winning. And you're like, you really want to go up against Disney? Fine. You do your thing. <laughs> yeah. It'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see if they're able to take that on. I mean, if they do, then I think Disney is effectively just, has a monopoly at this point. <laughs> uh, well, we'll cross that bridge eventually. <laughs> yes, uh, I'm Let's sure go we will. The fact that I just want to see Deadpool. Have you seen that photoshopped uh, image of Deadpool walking next to uh, with the Avengers right now? It's like uh, hitting the web. I have not. I'll have to look that up. <laughs> it's a really, really well done Photoshop image. Uh, it's like of Captain America and Black Widow, I think, and and Deadpool's just walking right behind, him, like. Oh, I so wish this was true. Like, what a cool... <laughs> I think that if they did have... if the, By the time the next movie came out and they you know have all the actors, I I would love just a wink and a nod just like as they're walking past the scene and Dimple just sitting at the table like, what's up? <laughs> and they just keep walking. <laughs> or something. Yeah, I, I feel like at the very least they should have somebody walk past a Deadpool 2 poster or something <laughs> like... Just sort of a, look, he's here. He's here in spirit. Um, or a poster that says, Logan lives, Deadpool wink. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that, yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the, the, I think officially the saddest thing in the entire film is when Groot starts disappearing and he says, I am Groot, before he disappears. Do you know what he's saying? No, do they say yeah, James Gunn has come out because every single Iron Groot has an English line associated with it. And it's in the script that they give to Vin Diesel. So he can do the line and he knows what's supposed to be said there. And the Iron Groot that he says to Rocket when he's disappearing is one word. And it says, Dad. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh I, I read that when he posted that and I was like, you bastard <laughs> <laughs> why must you wrench my heart again <laughs> yeah it's just it was like there's no way that you could have known that before you see the film and then finding that out after you've seen the film it's like 
oh no, it's just an extra layer on top of everything. This um, movie was just a, a cavalcade of emotions. Yes, very much. <laughs> to quote the uh, the line from Anchorman, "I'm in a glass cage of emotion." <laughs> um, oh man! Yeah. And then I saw uh, some. I had a saw an article or I saw a conversation that someone was having online, and they actually pointed something interesting out in that the 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 saddest, just in terms of just kind of like thinking about it from people remembering your standpoint, death in the entire thing is actually Sam Wilson. Mm. Because nobody knows he's gone. That oh, that scene, man. I got, just the fact that, that someone was looking for him and then just walking by as his actions are fading away. Like yeah. the stakes were so real. I love that. I love that this movie. I I was so hesitant because I remember telling a friend before I walked in, it's like, if they don't kill somebody in this movie, I can't I can't tolerate this idea that no heroes would not die. And the yeah. fact that like what was it? Two, I would say a good two thirds are gone. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Not even half. It's definitely more than half are gone. Yeah. Basically, if you think about it, and this will kind of lead into the sort of conspiracy theories we can have, yeah. uh, is the people that are left, let's say the main people that are left, the big name, the people, crew, <laughs> are the original Avengers. Yeah. So they're the ones that are left. And I think that that is hugely important because I'm fairly certain that by the end of Avengers 4, at least half of them will be gone in order to bring everyone else back. I think the only confirmed one so far is Chris Evans. Like, I think he said Avengers 4, he's done. Yeah, and, and, that, and that's the thing. Like, is that Steve Rogers is going to walk away or is Steve Rogers going to die? And that's what I'm interested to see because I've heard uh, just through other podcasts and uh, people talking about it, a lot of people think that Robert Downey Jr. is going to kind of step back and his Tony Stark isn't going to be Iron Man anymore, but he is still going to exist. But is that going to happen? Because he wants to be a family man. <laughs> exactly. But is that going to happen? I want that or... to happen. I want that to happen. I think that – I think – my, this is if are we getting into fan theories now? I think so, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I have a fan theory that, however, Robert Downey Jr. or uh, Iron Man gets back with the crew, they go to face Thanos. I think if there's anything that we established in this movie, we see that um, that Iron Man just he wants to leave this life behind. He'd love to be able to find a way to move on and just be with Pepper and just be you know live a normal life finally. And to that broken relationship that him and Cap have right now, I think we'll see a scene where, like, they are bonding and, like, Cap sees that this man wants to live a future. And Cap, Cap's base, if you have to, like, look at Cap's character development, he's pretty much a man who's lost everything aside from, like, uh, from Thor. He's lost every single connection he's had. And he's just, he's truly a man out of time. And so, like, what better enough for him to say, like, as a man out of time, allow me to give you more time by sacrificing himself for others. Yeah, it it's interesting because the thing that I heard, that a podcast that I listened to called Remember When, that kind of listening to that was sort of the impetus for me to start this podcast with Brian, is they were talking about before they went to see Avengers Infinity War that they were firmly of the opinion that at some point Cap and Iron Man 
are going to face off against Thanos together and go down together. So it's like, is, is that going to be the culmination of everything that's gone on? Is they finally going to you know, die fighting for the greater good of all? And I don't know what I think is going to happen in that respect, uh, but I do think that what's going to have to happen is time travel. And oh, the, that's a, that's even a big part of the the original source material. It's like, click, snap the finger, and to turn back time. Yeah, because I, I think that what happens is Doctor Strange has done something. Like we know that he gave up the time stone because it was the only way. It was the only way that they could ultimately win. And I think he did something to the time stone. And the reason that I think that is what we see in the film is all of those ships come down over Wakanda. There's a good like 25 minutes of fighting and then Thanos snaps and then people start disappearing. Now the after credit scene is Maria Hill and Nick Fury in a car mm-hmm. and you hear Maria Hill say that they're getting signals over Wakanda that are like the one from before at which point people start disappearing. So either they royally messed up in the writing of that scene or time's gone wrong. And I think that Doctor Strange did something to the Time Stone and that because of that or probably because of Ant-Man and the Quantum Realm, the original Avengers, or at least some of them, are going to go back in time and try and cause this to unhappen. I loved it. I keep hearing this theory about the Quantum Realm and Ant-Man. I really don't think that, as much as as the comic nerd in me wants that to be real, I don't think Ant-Man is going to play as big a role as we think he is. I really think it's going to come down to... If they're going to follow the comics, like I said, they're going very loosely off the comics, not tit for tat. But I think one of the big character developments we'll see is for Nebula and that she will be the the character to change this whole movie format. Because in the comic, she's the one that reverses time and restores all life. And I think they've been building her up. I really think she's going to be one of the key players in the next movie. I, I do hope so. I'm, I'm hoping that it's kind of a combination of all of that because I know that Ant-Man coming out very soon and what what they've done is it's set before Infinity War happens. Mm-hmm. And so I think that what happens is that both Ant-Man and the Wasp are in the quantum realm when the snap happens, which means it doesn't affect them. So, Maybe. so I think they're going to have survived the snap or will have survived that. We're kind of getting into Doctor Who territory here at this point with how you, <laughs> how you actually talk about it. Who, but, who uh, and what, when, where, and why? Yes. Wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey, as uh, they like to there say. There you go. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see what they end up doing, and I, I think it will be kind of cool to see. And like you said, I do think that Nebula could be the one to undo it. That would be sort of the ultimate kind of turnaround for her as a character from when you first saw her to then and at the very least she's going to have to be a big role in it because i can't i mean she's with tony stark right now so she's his only hope (laughs) help me nebula you're my only hope off this planet (laughs) yeah she'll be the one to find another spaceship to get off the planet yeah 
Uh, if we're, if we're, though, uh, I like your theory of the time stone. I really don't think he did anything to the time stone. I think by him, by nature of using that time stone, I think he saw everything. Because remember, he said there was only one outcome where we win. Yeah. I think he saw them losing that battle, which let's just say that was an epic fight on that planet, man. Oh, Planets yeah. coming down and <laughs> taking out the Avengers. <laughs> Whew. But yeah. uh, the fact that he looked into the future and saw – so I think he knew everything was going to happen. And I think the future he saw was where he does give up the stone. Because remember, he said in the beginning that I would not give up the stone unless uh, – um, outside of my death. And I think he knew that this was the only way because remember he says now we're in the end game. I yes. think that was like that was his plan is that he knew where we were getting to and that this was the eventual outcome. Oh no, I, yeah, I, I agree because uh, like yeah, when him saying there's only one and he does say that this was the only way after Iron Man is laying into him for giving up the time stone, and I think I was looking for it on the second viewing. When he gives that time stone to Thanos, he has a look to him. Like, he, like he, he's... He's scheming his, on that. Yeah, his, his, his mouth is slightly curling upwards for just a second. So, yeah, I, I still think he did something to the stone. And uh, I, think, I think that will help. Uh, now, the question that I have, and uh, we won't get too much into this because we'll try and save... Uh, Save the listeners from listening to too much more of this, but I think the question is the Soul Stone. I'm fairly certain that most of the people that died went into the Soul Stone, and I think the only confirmed person that's in the Soul Stone is Gamora, though. That's the thing. Yes, obviously the only confirmed one is Gamora, but I think that where else is everyone going to go? Realistically, is it that everyone died, or did everyone just move into the Soul Stone? Because the Soul Stone. Unless I was misunderstanding it entirely, the Soul Stone basically just lives for souls. Like it wants souls. So, uh, the Soul Stone is is super weird. Um, I, they didn't really touch on it in the movie. <laughs> um, but in it, most of the Infinity Gems, like all of them, are pretty straightforward. The Soul Stone is like super weird, even by my <laughs> standards, because like it, it's a whole world on its own, like. You can actually like in in hit, put your soul in it, and you're living in what's called a utopia of sorts. Right. It's like, what the heck is this? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, that's that's the thing. I wonder if Wanda, if she is inside the Soul Stone, I think Wanda is going to be the key to them getting out of the Soul Stone, and I think it's going to be interesting because let's assume that. They don't time travel. Let's just say that isn't the case. Uh, I'm sure you've noticed by this point. Not only is Thanos' gauntlet destroyed, basically, so he can still use at least one stone at a time, but I don't think he can use all of them at the same time again. His his, his arm, arm is he got he got wrecked, man. Like the in the comics, the when you use the Infinity, you can do anything. I was really kind of shocked by that as a fan, like. Oh, the the stones had a massive kickback. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I'm not surprised. I mean, using all of the stones from the creation of the universe together at the same time. Yeah, I I would expect something really bad to happen to the person that does that. <laughs> yeah. 
So, Speculator's Corner, I am so hopeful that, that we do get Farmer Thanos in the next movie. <laughs> just because <laughs> I just want to see him and overalls just in the farms and the Avengers come like, we're here to take you down. It's like, I've done my job, man. I'm growing corn. What are you all doing here? <laughs> yeah, he's just got the wheat grass coming out of his mouth. It's like, hey, guys. <laughs> yeah, they, they all turn up expecting a fight. He's just on his tractor. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like some peach tea? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. I'm, I was talking to someone else about the very end when he does sit down and he watches uh, the sunrise. And I think he's on Titan again. Right? Mm. I think he's used the reality stone one more time. And he's watching what he envisions as a peaceful Titan. So, yeah, that, Maybe. I mean, I, I that might not that be right. It might might not be right because obviously both Iron Man and Gamora are still on Titan, so he would be going back to where they are and go, "Oh, for God's sake, I got to fight you again now." <laughs> but <sighs> this, I mean, at this point, he might just be done fighting because he has done everything he he wanted to. He so. he he said, "I've done everything. Now I'll be at rest." <laughs> he did his life accomplishment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, I'm I'm very interested to see what's uh, going forward and uh, the only other thing I'll add right at the end here is I firmly believe that Peter Quill is getting the short end of the stick from everyone online for what he did and what, what's, what's he getting dissed for I haven't heard any dissing really he, like, yeah. I, he, he might have been not... a hothead but like I well, felt like he was justified in what he what, was doing that's, that's the thing in, in terms of Peter Quill as a character the fact that upon hearing that the love of his life has been killed is to headbutt the person that did it, <laughs> no matter who the person is or why he shouldn't do that, that is firmly within the character of Peter Quill. The problem is everyone is calling him a piece of shit for having done so. We had to um, think, like, he was put through an emotional roller coaster right up until that point. The fact that. He, when Thanos and him and Gamora are standing there, it's like, kill her, kill her. Like, he actually, like, the, he has to live with the thought that he actually pulled the trigger, even though it was all, you know, altered with the reality. The idea that he actually had to shoot the person he loved and was committed to it, like, he's he's still carrying that on his heart. Like, yeah, I couldn't imagine that. Like, I was willing, I fully committed to killing her per her request. Now, granted, it failed, and now she's dead. Like, what do you want from me? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, Thanos made him go through with killing the person he loved only to make sure it didn't happen, and then Thanos just killed her as well. So, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. It, again, the the writing, just the story they came up with for this film, it was just the perfect culmination of everything that has come before. For the fact that we spend a good, like, what, 15 minutes on a planet of a sun and a hammer being made and it was still being compelling. Yeah. Uh, and Even when it was slow, it was still enthralling. Like, oh, he's making a hammer. I, I can't look away. <laughs> yeah. And it, uh, as I said, it, the, the only other thing I wanted to bring up were just uh, uh, like some of the best lines in the entire film. And I think everyone that I've talked to and that I've seen online is kind of in agreement as to what the best line in the film is, and that would be from Drax. Do you happen to know what oh. I'm talking about? Yeah, I am invisible. <laughs> I I heard a rumor that that was all improv. I'm sure it was. 
<laughs> I hope that was improv. That was so good. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. What a great scene. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a fantastic scene. And, it, and that, that actually isn't even the one I was going to talk about, but I do think that's better than the one that everyone else named. Because everyone else seemed to think that the whole what is Gamora line is uh, the best what line is the in the film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do you one more better. What is Gamora? <laughs> Yeah, it, it, I think they, they really let Drax just kind of come into his own at this point. And I talked to someone that, that kind of hated the fact that Drax is almost like starting to be funny when that wasn't who he was originally. But I, I think that uh, it's something that kind of needed to happen. And well, he's stayed think... in character. Like it, he's, he's, uninte- he's not meaning to be funny. That's what's the part of his charm, though, was... In all these movies, he's never trying to be funny. He just is funny. Yeah. And I, I think that this film kind of solidified the reason why he's funny. Because in, I'll admit, in Gardens of the Galaxy Volume 2, it did kind of seem like they were trying a little hard with his character. But in this mm-hmm. one, they seem to have fully embraced what makes him funny. And the Russo brothers clearly knew how to to play with that. Uh, but yeah, I, I think one of my favorite lines in the film actually comes from Peter Dinklage and it's that bit where it's like yeah it'll kill you and Thor said only if I die <laughs> yes <laughs> that's what killing you means <laughs> just, uh, you're not a big fan of that scene with Peter Parker's like I remember this scene from a movie <laughs> they just reenact aliens <laughs> yeah you remember this really old movie called aliens <laughs> Yeah, I, I do. I I did like that, and uh, I obviously know it was a callback to Civil War as, as well. It was like, hey, do you remember that really, really old movie? Or was it like, uh, A New Hope or th- whichever one it was? <laughs> it was like, I just love that Peter, I love that Peter Parker is just the – as much as I have people are like, oh, he's making fun of our generation. Like, I love that he's making fun of it because like, it reminds us like he, he's a kid that va- values those movies. He grew, he's just as much enthralled him as we are. He considers them all, but like he holds them with reverence. Like that when he brings them up as a strategy, he always like remember this scene. This will be epic. <laughs> yeah, he does, and uh, he is of the generation where those are really old films. It's just yeah. that everyone else that is holding them in as much reverence as we do, it's like oh yeah, we're old. Like yeah. <laughs> com- compared to him, we're all old. So yeah, and I. I, I did enjoy that, and uh, one thing that I didn't pick up on the first time, but I I heard someone else talk about it, and I was looking for it the second time I saw the film. Did you notice that he attempts to greet Doctor Strange's cape? Yeah, yes, I did. <laughs> like that, that was oh, it was so well done. Where of course he did. Just like oh, oh yeah, and it's like, uh, oh. yeah, it was so in keeping with the characters. So yeah, I, I think overall. No. That scene where he's like, uh, Doctor Strange, oh, we're going our superhero names, uh, Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and Strange doesn't even bother. He's no. just like, oh. I love that, because that's totally within this character. He's like, yeah, I, I, I'm i not doing this. I'm moving on. <laughs> yeah. Just like, I have bigger problems right now. <laughs> I have no time for your shenanigans. <laughs> yeah, uh... Uh, yeah, we seriously could go on about this for ages. So I think we kind of need to wrap up. So, yeah. 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 Is, is there anything else that you wanted to 
talk about before we uh, we finish? Uh, just for the fact, I, I would love to ch- get your, your thoughts on, like, how you felt after the movie. How did I feel after the film? Well, yeah, uh, I, I, I walked out to the car, and cause I, obviously I spent the entire credits just waiting for the end credit scene, because yeah. there would be one, and I just had to kind of sit in you know, silence, because no one said a word. I did watch two people, after a minute of credit, get up and leave. I don't know who these people are, and I don't want to know them because you don't do that <laughs> in a Marvel film. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I was I was just sitting there, just kind of letting it all wash over me because I I knew that they were building to what happened and the whole snap and the fact that it did happen. Like I mm-hmm. I kind of didn't think they would end up doing it, so I was pleasantly surprised at that and. Yeah, it probably took me a good, I think, hour because I, I waited for the scene. I went out to my car. I texted you and my wife to, uh, before I, I headed off. And then it took me an hour to get home. And I just pretty much spent the entire time just kind of thinking back over everything and just letting it all sink in. And the only thing I really just kept getting back to was, holy shit, this was I worse. Yeah. This was worse 10 years. This, yeah. this this thing was phenomenal. It was so well done, and I I I'm not saying that it's my favorite film of all time. It hasn't knocked no. Shawshank Redemption off of that spot, but no. just everything that went into this and what you can take out of it, like this film is, I think this film needs to kind of be taught as okay. If you're planning a story, if you're planning all this stuff, like yeah, this this is what you do. So. And not that I want everything to be like Marvel films, because no. that, that would be silly. But like when it comes to stuff like this, I mean, to be perfectly honest, at this point, DC just needs to stop. Like, <laughs> they're, they're not going to win. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Uh, well, you mean Justice League was moderately terrible? <laughs> not, not horrible, just moderately. <laughs> no, but I'm so glad to hear you say that, because I remember, I think this is the first superhero movie where I walked out of and like everyone in the audience walked out no one said a word I thought that was very fascinating to like watch it was the type of movie that like you're not sad some kids are some little kids are like my Spider-Man's dead that's a different story <laughs> yeah <laughs> but like the grown adults in the room were like walking out there like wow they, they really did that and like no one said a word I remember just like it was just most time people were just gut- talking and all that Everyone walking out of the theater was just silently walking out to their cars. I'm like, that's kind of a weird effect to have on the audience. Like, we've come out. Like, everyone, I can definitely say everyone, no one's upset, but everyone's like, this movie, I don't know how to process it right now. Yeah. Like, it, it was a fundamental rethink of, like, they just took the Marvel formula and just threw it in our face and said, guess what? They're all gone. And I just had to accept that reality of, like, wow, they really did the thing I wanted I did. I knew I wanted it, but I didn't. I didn't think it would weigh on me like this. I wasn't like depressed or sad, but like I was just like, "Wow, they did ten years of buildup toward this one story." And I, like I said, when I walked in, I had super apprehension about it. And to have walked away, like they nailed it. I'm so excited for what the, the fact that I'm excited for what they have next, and to see what where do you go from here? Like we just speculating, but the fact that I walked out of there and saying, like you said, they nailed it. Let's go. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be so interesting to see what they end up doing with this. Uh, and uh, I, I'm fine waiting a year. I think it's. I think we're going to need it. I think you do because, like, I'm super excited for Ant Man. I'm super excited for Captain Marvel and all the things that are coming up next. So that it helps to quell my mind. It's like, you know what? We got more stories, guys. Don't worry. We we got we got you covered. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, the only other thing that I, I will say, and then I promise we are done, is... <laughs> done geeking out. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, but I was talking to someone after I'd seen it, and bef- just before he was going to go and see it, and he was saying who he thinked was going to die, who he thought was going to stay, and he basically got it 100% wrong. And one Ooh. of the things that he said was... There's no way they're going to kill off Black Panther because that film just made a billion dollars. <laughs> and I was just oh, like, oh, yeah? Like, <laughs> so what I, a ballsy move, man. I yeah. loved it. I loved it, the fact that, like, we're not, we're not going to, what better way to just set the stakes? Like, Spider-Man's gone. Black Panther's gone. Every character you just got introduced to, bye. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's... kudos to them. Like, let's make a hard call and we're going to stick to it. Yeah, definitely. But enough. Right. Yeah, we got We got to close out, man. <laughs> yeah, yes, we do. <laughs> so to the to your guests, you know, I could do this for hours, but I don't know how long they can tolerate me going. Ooh, and this and this and this and this. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe at some point we can actually just record us doing all of that and then release a four hour episode. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I, I think we're done for now. So. Uh, well, so. well, thank you so much for letting me come on, man. I, I love that I was able to finally talk this out because I know I've talked to a few people. And it was funny listening to my sister and my brother like that. They were kind of mixed on it. But general consensus was that it's not the best Marvel movie, but daggone, this is going to go in the in the genre of like, what the heck did we just do? This is the best. Like, this needs to be remembered. So. I'm glad that this movie did, is doing as well as it does. It gives me hope for future movies, and it just gets me more excited for what comes next. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, I I will also say right now that while uh, Brian is taking his break, I am hoping to get you back on a few times more just to talk about this, that, and the other. <laughs> just miscellaneous, you know? Yeah, you know, more information much, on that as and when it happens. <laughs> much like uh, when I come over and just hang out with you and your wife and your wife's like, oh, here they're getting on these tangents, Firefly, anime, I'm out. <laughs> yes, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if you do a Firefly episode, I would be so stoked because I've yet to have anyone who's actually ever seen all of Firefly and been able to talk about it. Really? No, I've never had anyone who's like, I can never, I'm one of those guys that like, everyone talked about it, and uh, I refused to watch it until I finally sat down and watched it, I'm like, how has no one not seen this? And I can't get anyone else to like, catch that little bug. Alright, well, uh, tell you what then, if people listening to this, if you want to hear a Firefly episode, let us know. (laughs) uh, (laughs) If if you want us to talk about it, we will talk about it. Oh, (laughs) man. (laughs) <laughs> that'd be awesome but I'd, I'd be happy to come back on I, lo- I love that I was able to come on so I appreciate it and uh, thank you audience for putting up with my uh, nerdy tangents so <laughs> yes assuming you made it this far <laughs> <laughs> they're like we're done with this guy pretty much uh, yeah yeah c- kind of like my wife just kind of makes her excuses and leaves whenever we start talking <laughs> 
God bless your wife, man. She she's she's a saint for putting up with. I love that she like she loves visiting with me, but she knows like as soon as you and I walk in the room, she's like, all right, let him go, let him go. Yeah, like she, she'll need to just maybe spend half a day just come down by herself, and then I'll. Yeah. <laughs> she's always made that joke that I got to come down there and babysit you or something. <laughs> Well, it's kind of true. Yeah, 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 yeah. we do. I mean, we... <laughs> it's kind of the blind leading the blind at that point. But I, know, I know. Alrighty then. Alright, so yes. Uh, again, thanks for coming on, and hopefully we'll Thank you. see you again soon. And yes. uh, uh, for those of you that weren't listening at the beginning, if you want to get a hold of us about anything that has been said in this episode, or any past episodes, or any future episodes. You can find us. Just search Blockbusters. You'll you'll find us. We we are <laughs> on the net that way. So, with all of that being said, I've been Paul. I've been Pat. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you. Bye. In case I don't see you. Good afternoon. Good evening. And good night. Hang on a minute, lads. I've got a great idea. Uh, Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Brian here with a quick lesson in theater etiquette. If you take your phone out during the movie, remember the screen is brighter than you are.